Yo, what up? This is D-Knight, and you're listening to the Part of the Interaction Podcast. If you've been wondering whether the news is going absolutely haywire and insane, or if it's just you, don't feel too bad. It's not just you. The news is absolutely crazy off the walls right now. There's nonstop developments in every single area of the news from the geopolitical landscape abroad to Trump criminal trials to Trump civil trials to members of Congress being indicted. It just it's nonstop. It's it's more than any one person can keep up with. But I'm gonna try and help you out with that. But before we get to the news. Let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. Uh, my homie, Kyla D. McIntosh, I talk about this dude all the time. You absolutely got to check him out on the threads and uh, the Twitter. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, you know, it's very refreshing to have a CEO of a successful company and not be a megalomaniac or a sociopath like Sam Bankman fried and Trump and such. So if you want to support the company of a guy who can weave a path between being in support of Israel and yet not in support of Hamas and also be in support of the Palestinian people, but be critical of Benjamin Netanyahu, here you go. And go ahead and pick up a set of sheets from sheetsandgiggles.com. They're just as amazing and soft and wonderful as he is, uh, all, although I've never slept under him at night. Um... Yeah, I don't know where this analogy is going, but if you'd like some, di- <laughs> if you'd like a discount, you got some links in the show notes for you to do that. And if you feel like it, give Colin a follow on one of the social medias and tell him I said what's up from part of the interaction. Okay, on to the insanity. So today, uh, there were photos released that were taken by, I assume, like the hostage rescue team. Um, from the Israeli special forces uh, that were of and I'm sorry to start this off on such a, a down note but beheaded children Hamas took it on themselves to capture nearly 40 babies and young children decapitating some of them and this was at a place in uh, Kibbutz near the Gaza border and just I mean horrific images Nothing anyone should be. I just don't even know how to put into context how just awful of a travesty this is. Yeah, it's just your boys having a tough time. You know, kids dead, kids beheaded, families shot down. It's just, it's dark shit, man. Dark shit. Um, unlike Netanyahu, I did voice my concerns about the prospect of Israel's military forces over-escalating the conflict and it playing out in such a fashion that it cost uh, you know, innocent civilians in Gaza their lives. And while that is a major concern, and you know, we can't expect anything good out of Netanyahu for sure. I mean, I think we all know that. Um, those soldiers on the ground after seeing like horrors like this, you know, I'm not endorsing the idea that those soldiers on the ground go overboard, but man, they got to take these dudes out. And apparently Hamas has, you know, more than a dozen U S citizens being held hostage as we speak. 
I'm absolutely sure the first thing President Biden did was get in touch with uh, Netanyahu's people. And I assume with the expertise provided by our own military intelligence, they'll be putting together a plan to try and see those people to safety. I mean, it's a precarious spot. I, I don't know if you know the nature of like the layout of Gaza. I don't know it super well, but I do understand it to be a city of tunnels and I would assume that the militants holding the, the people hostage have them in a place that's very precarious for Israeli forces to launch an assault um, in an attempt for a rescue. You know, I do hope Biden is attempting to institute a plan, but even if they do attempt to execute some sort of retrieval, I just the odds are very slim um, of that being successful. I just got to lay it out there for you. If this does happen to go wrong, I would say that, like, just don't don't use this as an opportunity to lay the blame at the foot of Biden's administration. I don't think there's an administration in the history of the United States that would be able to pull off uh, some kind of military search and rescue that retrieved these hostages alive. And, you know, hopefully there is a diplomatic solution. But just given the nature of the attacks on the Israeli people and the methods they've employed uh, so far, I just wouldn't count on there being a diplomatic situation, uh, diplomatic solution either. You know, it's them, them's just the breaks. And of course, over the weekend, Republicans were uh, wildly active on the Twitter asking where was Biden? What's he doing? Is he hiding in the basement and whatnot? Well, what Biden was doing was being in constant contact with our allies abroad getting them to come together in unison in support of Israel and denouncing Hamas and allocating the resources that Israel needs to in order to find a solution to the problems they're facing in Gaza with Hamas. And not only that, he somehow found time to be interviewed by the special counsel Robert Herr, who was investigating the documents that were found at Biden's office at home. Voluntarily, might I add, something that Trump never seemed to be able to manage over the course of multiple investigations into his criminal activity, whether that be with special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into uh, the Russian conspiracy to help seal the 2016 election, or even from, you know, Mary Garland's counterintelligence people at the FBI who were trying to retrieve uh, the classified documents of Mar-a-Lago. Hell, I'm sure you probably forgot about the investigation into the Biden documents, but yeah, there there was yet another special counsel appointment. Um, you know, at this point, I think we should start referring to them as not so special counsels, considering how many have been appointed here in the last half decade. It's out of fucking control. But if you're wondering what this means for the Biden administration, I do believe that this is a signal that the investigation is coming to a close, that hers wrapped up his investigation for the most part and wanted to just tie up any loose ends and get any questions answered that he might have about any knowledge Biden might have had about, you know, the nature of the circumstances around how those documents ended up in the places they were found, whether or not it was intentional 
and why they weren't returned. Like, and I'm sure for the most part, Biden's probably just going to tell them the truth that his staff was responsible for making sure the documents were secure and returned to the proper location for their storage and oversights happen. Like, I mean, it's, there's literally a word for this. It's called a spill in intelligence circles. And, you know, I mean, there's so many classified documents that are in the possession of people who are authorized to have them. And, you know, occasionally you just have accidents where documents are misplaced or left in a place that they shouldn't be. And the point here in Biden's case, unlike Trump, is that Biden and his entire team cooperated. They're the ones who voluntarily turned over the documents to the Department of Justice and NARA and made sure that they did absolutely nothing whatsoever to obstruct the investigation. Unlike Trump, who stole the documents purposely, refused to return them when asked, and then played a shell game trying to hide them from NARA and as well as investigators and even his own lawyers, even after having been subpoenaed for the fucking documents. So I imagine, you know, her is going to get his questions answered. Uh, he's, you know, going to check a few things off a list, wrap this investigation up same way as it was done with Mike Pence. Case closed. No charges. And of course, there's no evidence whatsoever to support the idea that while Biden was out of office, he was sharing secrets about our nuclear arsenal and our nuclear submarines to foreign nationals. So that's <laughs> that's yet another way in which the investigation in Biden's activities differs from Trump. In case you somehow forgot about the fact that we just recently discovered that Trump committed espionage, yet, you know, none of the major media networks seem to care. But we care here on part of the interaction. I believe we also briefly talked about uh, the limited gag order that was issued on Trump and company by Judge and Gorn in New York after Trump posted uh, that statement on True Social about the judge's clerk who was seen in a photo with uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer basically calling her Chuck Schumer's girlfriend <laughs> and saying that Chuck Schumer and Democrats were running the investigation out of New York which is just fucking bonkers for a number of reasons I mean like if you're in any legal circles in New York you probably have a fucking photo of Chuck Schumer lying around somewhere just this dude's insane like just the fact that he continues to call everything that doesn't go in his favor rigged or some kind of democrat conspiracy is is bananas and for this to be some kind of conspiracy engineered by the democratic party well it involves a lot of people in like a lot of legal jurisdictions like there would have to be some kind of evidence somewhere you know like like I've said this about the plot to overturn the 2020 election uh, after Trump lost, right? There, there would have to be some evidence somewhere, you know, because of the nature of a gigantic criminal conspiracy involving, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of people, like you'd have to find some evidence and guess what? We found the fucking evidence. We found plenty of it. And 
you know, in the case of a conspiracy to try and rig all these criminal prosecutions of Trump that would just take so many fucking it just it's too many people. There's no way that anyone could ever pull anything like that off without there being some evidence. And I'm only humoring Trump's absurd claims just to give you like the opportunity to really take a second and think about how absolutely fucking absurd the accusation is. But yeah, so and Goran shut Trump the fuck up, at least in regards uh, to his staff. And by God almighty, it fucking worked. Cause not only has Trump managed to, you know, keep his staff's name out of his mouth. He even deleted the fucking post. So, you know, the judges overseeing these trials, uh, given that they have the opportunity to exercise and there's some level of discretion when it comes to limiting what Trump can say when they do decide to actually tell him to shut the fuck up and make it official he follows the fucking instructions he actually shuts the fuck up like they have a lot of control over the level of nonsense Trump can spew as long as they're willing to exercise their power and hopefully Judge Chuck in in D.C. does because Jack Smith has recently asked uh, for a protective order banning Trump and his fucking cohorts from saying anything that could somehow influence or bring harm to potential jurors and he's citing the nature of Trump's comments about the clerk in New York as evidence. And I can only assume Chuckin is going to draft some sort of similar order to what Ingorn signed off on in New York and make it applicable to the jurors and the court staff and clerks in D.C. You know, and we've said over and over that Trump is a habitual line stepper. It's like he it's like he has a compulsion, like an absolute deep seated need to cross boundaries and flaunt rules and you know we can only assume that he's eventually going to violate the order in New York but even if he doesn't that's great mission accomplished and like Chuckin has the opportunity uh, to do something similar in DC and protect the integrity of her criminal trial and the safety of her jurors and such because it appears that that works And there are rules that Trump can potentially follow. And if you thought that Trump was the only member of the Republican Party that's facing some criminal jeopardy, well, I got news for you. George Santos had a superseding indictment against him unsealed earlier today, adding 10 additional criminal counts. These counts include wire fraud, identity theft, and of course, a fake donor scheme that was exposed by Mother Jones earlier this year. Hit the Google button on that. Uh, one of the things Santos is also criminally charged for is uh, uh, basically a credit card fraud scheme where he received the credit card numbers of donors and then repeatedly charged them, you know, multiple thousands of dollars over the course of months without their permission. This dude is a scumbag. <laughs> it's just absolutely absurd 
level of criminality here by this one guy. It's like it must. It's like somebody must have told him, "Hey, if you want to win the election in the Republican Party, you got to be more like Trump." And he was like, "Great, let me go out here and commit a bunch of financial crimes." Oh my God, it's absolutely insane. Uh, and you know, like when he was first indicted. Wait, let me circle back. When we first found out about all the lies that he's told to get elected, like that should have been a hint to Republicans to maybe, I don't know, kick this dude out of the fucking party like his entire life was a fraud. Everything about him was a fraud. Everything he's ever said was a lie. Everything he put down on his campaign finance forms was a lie. And, you know, at the point where we were like, hey, some of this looks suspicious, maybe Republicans should have looked ahead and saw the future and be like, maybe we should kick this dude out of the party. And of course, when those financial statements turned out to be evidence of crimes and Santos was indicted, Republicans were like, oh shit, well, our majority is slim. We need this motherfucker anyway. We're going to just, we'll keep him around. We'll have him involved. Like he's become a, like a linchpin vote and the nomination for a GOP speaker of the house since Matt Gates thought it would be awesome to kick out the Speaker of the House for the laws. Uh, yeah. So, of course, as this indictment was being unsealed, I'm sure no one was available to inform George Santos because he was in a secret Republican meeting about selecting a GOP candidate for Speaker of the House and probably didn't have his phone. Womp womp. <laughs> And then what's really crazy, if you think about it, like inviting this dude into your inner circle when you're a party of crimes, like if these dudes, you know, considering they don't have a plan in any shape, form or fashion to win the 2024 election, they're absolutely going to have to resort to some sort of criminal conspiracy. And like you've got a guy who's been indicted once and you're like bringing him into the fold and now he's been indicted yet again, like it's a non-zero chance that this dude flips, pleads guilty, and signs some fucking sort of cooperation agreement and rats you all the fuck out. Oh my god. Republicans are batshit crazy. I swear. Like, that they are just so short-sighted at every turn and only motivated by the most immediate incentives regardless of whether those immediate incentives end up a detriment to them in the long run. Like, they just cannot help themselves. Like, Donald Trump got indicted multiple times. Instead of seeing that as some sort of evidence that, hey, maybe we should kick this motherfucker out the party, take our lumps, yeah, we're probably going to lose 2024, but they were going to lose that anyway, and then set themselves up for 2028. They're like, no, we're going to double down and hitch our entire wagon to a sinking ship. Uh, I, I mixed a bunch of metaphors there, but you know what I meant. <laughs> and now George Santos has been indicted multiple times. And here they are dragging him, kicking and well, I, I guess he's probably dragging them, kicking and screaming because they need his ass uh, towards a showdown, possibly tomorrow to vote for the Speaker of the House. And did I mention we are in the midst of an international crisis and Republicans don't have a fucking Speaker of the House? What are they doing? What are they doing? Where is the plan? Where is the cohesion? 
My God. And like, just stop and think about this again. Like, I know it's probably slipped your mind because we just narrowly avoided it. But Republicans spent weeks planning on shutting down the fucking government and we could have potentially had an international crisis on our hands with war in the Middle East and no functioning federal government. You cannot trust these people. We cannot hand them power. They will get us all fucking killed. I promise you. And we've got evidence to support that because, you know, of course, the last time they were in power and there was a worldwide crisis, you know, that little thing we just typically refer to as the pandemic. Yeah, go check the numbers on that because they spent so much time plotting on how to convince their fucking stooge voters to just go out here and infect themselves with COVID because they wanted to pretend like it was the fucking flu. Yeah, go check the total death rates for COVID in blue counties versus red counties. It's going to shock you. But I mean, I guess if there is a bright side, that just means there's fewer of them to vote for some idiotic criminal in 2024. And that concludes this episode of Part of the Interaction.